We are activating your unique self-discovery one show at a time. The Orchard of Wisdom Self-Discovery Podcast at your fingertips. Just waiting to inspire and invite you in discovering just how awesome you really are and how to navigate through life in joy, enrichment, personal abundance, in mind, body, spirit, heart and soul. All the people we bring you are here to serve you on your journey of life. Do enjoy our next show. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Choose Positive Living right here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. I'm your host, Sarah Troy, and my guest today is Dr. Marnie Hill Federero. We could be talking about her books, but one book title that I really has, has got me is that God came to my garage sale. Well, I'd love to know what he bought. But we're going to be diving into all of her other books as well, because I've got six book covers here right now. So there's clearly a lot of books to talk about. Um, but it's really, really about positivity, our own self-discovery, deciding how we're going to live our lives. You know, there isn't anybody on this planet that hasn't gone through stuff, that we haven't mm -hmm. had to face stuff. We all do. And she's had her own journey there as well. So we're going to discover what it is that turned her down into the path to choose the positive way of thinking and just kind of in a lot of ways, lighten up and enjoy life instead of taking it so seriously. We could be serious, folks, but we just don't have to get bogged down in everything else that's going on out there. Welcome to the show, honey. Well, thank you so much, Sarah. Uh, I've got to go for this title. God came to my garage sale. <laughs> what did he buy? I want to know. <laughs> well, you know, it's hard to say. It could have been a number of items. It could have been a number of people that presented themselves in a divine manner. Um, it could have even been myself. Mm -hmm. So um, at this garage sale, which I, I had to have, which was at a turning point in my life, I was choosing to leave my American dream. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I made a choice to, to leave a very unhealthy marriage. And um, I knew that I had to downsize and that was part of it all. Um, and so I had this garage sale, but instead of being negative or angry or resentful, I was just the way I've always been, which is happy and positive and very grateful for so many things. Mm -hmm. And so I was in a deep state of gratitude and I was looking back at my home around the garage sale time and some miracles presented themselves to me, so many that it prompted me to really look into spiritual transformative experiences. And I um, was so compelled by my experiences, I needed to write this down. Good. And so I chose to write the book, God Came to My Garage Sale. I love it. I love people when they get a redirect because we never know where it's coming from. Just right. by the way, disclaimer, folks, I do have a cold and bronchitis today, so you're not hearing my normal voice. So forgive me if you hear me spluttering through the show. Um, that redirect in life, it, it could be a tap on the shoulder. It could be a cosmic two by four. But, you know, that change is inevitable. Uh, and the path that we have selected for ourselves at a certain stage in life, we think is going to be forever we don't know what is forever right we we can work on things we can make sure that we dig out the weeds and keep the garden all fruitful but if it's had its time it's had its time and the respect is to move on uh, that transition could be extremely hard but if you get a lovely divine tap on the shoulder along the way of uh, oh by the way this road go through this gate mm -hmm. you know was it that for you 
You know, it, it was because, you know, I knew leaving my um, abuser and it turned out I didn't realize I was in a domestic mm -hmm. abuse situation. Just like many people, we go along, we ignore red flags. Mm -hmm. um, we just keep on thinking things will get better. We know that we're very good people. And so we kind of assume the people around us also have those same values yes. when, when they don't always, yes. but you know, yes, I had to make a choice and I knew there would be repercussions. I had no idea the severity of the repercussions, but my own foundation of love and goodness and compassion, forgiveness that served me well during this pivot in my life this transition so i chose to handle this challenge and the continuing challenges that i still face just with love and goodness and i i believe that i was shown some miracles that really contributed to opening my eyes um to a bigger picture going on here and um never would i have imagined that i would leave the chicago illinois usa suburbs um, for a life in the Caribbean, where I wow. have been for the last three years, and just really um, living out a very passionate and fulfilling life. Um, sure, I do have some losses, and they're significant, but I still believe in goodness and love, and, and that um, we're meant to experience these things on our journey. We are. Most certainly well. We can't get through life without loss. And, you know, loss is, you know, I look at, um, it's an end of a chapter, end of an era. It's an end of what? And if it's somebody in our life that has, quote, gone home, you know, that we have to remember the light in which they shone bright when they were with us. And that light is always within you every time you have a thought over them. Do we miss actually speaking and holding them? Yes. Um, but that, that essence of who they are is always around you. Um, loss of a career, well, very often I look at it as it's a redirection. That career had its day. It's time to move on of a husband. You know, it's that chapter is finished. And if we could look at concentrating on it's the end of that chapter and there's a new chapter to have instead of i've got a loss and i'm going to mourn the loss and and make it a drama or a trauma then we get stuck in, in a totally different paradigm don't we yes but you know it's it's important to acknowledge your losses oh god yes to, yes and to understand you know in my particular case um i didn't realize that my domestic violence situation involved parental alienation, which mm. is a loss of living children. And mm. in my case, they were adult children. You know, you would think that they would know better, but that prompted me on a whole new direction to really understand people that are personality disordered and, mm. and uh, malevolent. And I, I just, you know, kind of was living life, believing everyone was good. So it mm. really was important turning point for me. Um, the loss of my adult children, though, is just devastating, as it would be for any father yes. or any mother who, you know, um, had a normal range, very happy relationship with, with their kids before the divorce or separation. But, you know, I also look at it like, you know, they have a journey too. Yes. And, and it's all kind of related. And, and then you need to do some of your own inner work, mm -hmm. you know, looking back at your own life and what made you a target for someone like this? And what are some 
uh, behaviors such as overgiving or just accepting mm -hmm. a bad behavior that, you know, at some point you need to say, wait a minute, I'm going to put up a boundary here and start yeah. taking care of myself. Yeah. Oh, I love this. Boundary. We're not talking borders. We're talking no. boundaries. Yeah. It's a particular frequency that you work on and you're not going to accept anything lower than that. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and that is it's self-preservation, but it's self-love. It's self-respect. Yes. And it shows people how they can treat you. And as you said, when you're a loving, giving person, you give, 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 you forgive, forgive, forgive. Mm -hmm. uh, you make excuses for that person. You know there's goodness inside of them. Why can't you bring it out? It comes out for a second. You go, it's there, and then it goes back in again. And then you think you've done something wrong. Right. And right. Right. And actually, you know, there's a lot of that intermittent reinforcement mm. that goes on where you're given a glimmer of hope that things are positive. You're treated well for a for a time. But then the the negativity is also interwoven there. So yeah. that's why people can go on for years and years and decades. I didn't file for divorce until 27 years after. And people will say, well, why didn't you leave earlier yeah. when you saw this? This, you knew of this, you know, these, these behaviors. Well, love is blind. And, you know, you, you go into things like we talked about earlier about wanting forever, you know, yeah. you, you make a commitment and you think that this is, this is, you know, for a lifetime, but, but it's not necessarily, and people do kind of weave in and out of our lives, you know, for a reason, uh, sometimes for a season, yeah. And sometimes for a lifetime. And, and I think when we have the courage to look at the big picture and, and take some time to really reflect and analyze, we can let go of some toxic people yeah. or situations in our lives. And that actually makes room in our hearts for new experiences and new people to come into our lives that we resonate more with. The, the that same frequency as you on the same wavelength, yes. right? Because when you step into that higher love vibration, you really can't knowingly do any harm to anyone else because it harms you. You know, it's yeah. a, it is that kindness, that consideration, that love and respect is a vibration that is so encompassing and that that's what you want for other people. Mm -hmm. For people who are still in that zone of, their own pain and then inflicting it and blaming it on other people mm -hmm. you know it is it, it, at some point in our lives however much we try to save people and believe me i've been down that road mm -hmm. uh they have got to be willing to quote save themselves and if they're not going to take any accountability then how are they ever going to heal Right. And, and it's not for us to do it for them. Right. I was just going to say yeah. that is not our job. No. Our job is not to fix people or to no. change them. You know, um, you'd like to think that you can influence good behavior, honesty, but not everyone is honest and not yeah. everyone um, operates that way. Yeah. And so, you know, we need to, to look back and take care of ourselves and, and, even now, even though I don't have my adult children in my life and I'm going on a decade and it's, mm. it's unfathomable. It's, it's, right. just, it's, it's very shocking. But at the same time, I believe that I am role modeling mm. good behavior as a parent, as like I've always done. And to show my children that you can handle 
challenges in your life, but you can do it gracefully with, with love, honesty, and goodness. And eventually the truth does come out yes. in situations. And eventually people expose themselves. You don't have to expose other people for what they have done. It actually happens by their own accord. And unfortunately, you know, the kids, even adult kids get caught in the crossfire, but, but that is part of their journey. And I believe in my heart of hearts that um, the truth will prevail and, and that goodness just overrules the negative. And the, the thing is, it's, as you said, it's their journey. And when yeah. they come to that realization, ah, I now understand. Mm -hmm. I understand that she placed value upon herself, that she wasn't going to take this anymore. It right. becomes an inspiration that begets an invitation in their own life, right? You know, perhaps right. I can do it for myself. Right. And actually, if I would have stayed in that abusive relationship, yeah. which the kids actually were witness to numerous things, I would be role modeling Another thing, which I don't think is very positive, I would be role modeling, hey, it doesn't matter what life throws at you or what how people treat you, you just stick it out no matter what. And that's a really not a very positive message. And, and you know, so actually role modeling works both ways. So, so my making the choice to leave that situation is role modeling that, you know, People have value and worth, and we deserve to be in honest relationships. And for your children at their own point, at their own point in life, they're going to have to realize um, to lay blame or shame at your feet for leaving, right, is um, that's their onus, not you. You, you yeah. had to do what you had to do for your own thrival. And right. at some point, they've got to realize that doesn't mean that you didn't love them any less. Oh, no, right? not at all. Um, they, they know how much I love them. I, right. I even through everything that they've been through, what is really hard with parental alienation is that they've been fed a false narrative. Mm -hmm. So even though they are adults, and like I said, they should know better, they have been told outright lies and actually believable half truths in a smear campaign that just, mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it, goes not only to the children, but to family, friends, yes. neighbors, you know, and, and unfortunately, it's going to take some time for them to unpack that false narrative. I mean, but, unfortunately, too, you do have people that would prefer to stay in the false narrative. Yeah, sure. You know, they, they, they like that because it's easier to blame than take right. any accountability themselves, you know, for your own children, for them to recognize that, uh, you are not to blame that this really did happen, that you were validated in leaving. Um, it becomes then a little bit of a thing for them of, oh, my God, I've allowed this to go on for so long. How can I show my face now? Right. You know, so right. And, and, the, guilt they, and yeah. the guilt guilt these children must feel has yeah. got to be, once they figure out, it's got to be tremendous. Um, because really, at some point, it's it, after targeted parents have reached out in almost any way that they can. And, and my book series, True Deceit, False Love, um, is to bring awareness to mm -hmm. some of these things. It's not a personal story of mine, but it, it is something that people- Reflective. 
Right, very much can understand. And, and there's even a survivor's workbook for people to, to work through their emotions. Um, and so anyway, I just think it's very important to bring awareness. But, um, you know, at some point after a targeted parent has reached out in almost every way they can and even have been legally stopped for, from communicating with wow. their children, which happens to a lot of dads and moms because the vindictive abusive, alienating parent will do, they will go to any lengths to make up false stories or whatever to, to, to keep driving that narrative that they have. At some point, it's up to the children yeah. that they as adults need to take that first step, even though it isn't the first step. Yeah. It's just, that's, it, it, a, a lot of responsibility is on their shoulders and and that is a very hard place to be because they live in fear they they've witnessed the abuse and mm. they don't want to be targets of that abuse themselves right exactly yeah there's it's a lot of conflictingness there but you know you talk about false narratives you know whether it's within the family and how family can turn on each other we as a human society find it easier to buy false narrative, fake news, sensationalism. We you know we've got into this thing of sensationalism, um, looking bad. I mean, watching this um, court case between, um, oh gosh, the actor and his wife, it should never have been broadcasted. It should have been a private thing. And it's, we look at this and it's a train wreck and people are, are glued to the train wreck and it's right. like why are we glued to other people's misery why are we buying these false narratives instead of investigating what is really the truth why right. are there's we, a lot of propaganda out oh there. my god there's so a much. lot of propaganda and so it's very very hard to come to the truth it seems though at least with our world situation that the, the truth is slowly coming to light about you can't, you, how can you hide it with, with yeah. so much i mean yes the, a video can be doctored you know it used to be a picture say a thousand words right. well, a picture can be doctored but it comes into this i think as people don't just buy the first thing that's thrown in your face right. question right. Right. question we, we we've been dumbed down a great deal to buy all that negativity and why fear sells right and fear and it keeps is people in control yes fear is a, it's just unbelievable fear drives yeah. all sorts of things um and fear is what perpetrators really mm. count on they count on you being fearful um so that they can control situations but you know like we said, truth eventually comes out yeah. and, and goodness, I believe, does eventually prevail. It's just so important that people should critically think on their yes, own. Please. You know, right. And and that goes true for, for children who are caught in alienation. They need to critically think about their own experiences that they lived through. And 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 give themselves credit for their own belief. I mean, where, where an abuser will try to change the narrative and will try to say, well, you didn't see that. There'll be a lot of gaslighting going on. So you didn't see that, you didn't hear that. Um, you, you, uh, your interpretation was wrong, that type of thing. I think people need to get back to themselves and do their own critical thinking about personal situations and global situations. Well, in the personal situation, especially like your children, 
they're obviously still being victimized and uh, are traumatized by their father. So in their case, until they've had enough and wish willing to escape that and take back their own lives, you know, they're not going to understand why you left or what's going on because they're still, they're still caught in that web, but there again comes down to everybody's journey in life. How long do you choose to stay in a web? of deceit, of trauma, of pain? And when do you find the strength and the courage to stand up and say, I'm not going to take it anymore? Right. And unfortunately, it happens to be that it takes so long for the realization. You know, like I'm 60 years old now, and I finally put the pieces of my own family intergenerational trauma situation together. And, you know, abusers will keep up their narrative till the day they die, they will not um, change course, they will not admit to things that they have done, even when it's very, very clear that you are being gaslit, or you are being fed a false narrative, when you you put the pieces together, it's, it's unfortunately takes a long time, and, and there may not be resolution in this lifetime. And that's a hard pill to swallow, that there may not be resolution and uh, for us to know. But at some point, um, I believe at least in in writing the books that I have and being able to have these open, candid conversations that I'm at least leaving a legacy of of awareness and, and challenging people to look for the truth and to let others know that you know you can't control what other people do you can only control yourself and how you respond and i choose to respond with love compassion goodness but there is the self discovery aspect where you really have to do the inner work as well as the research on different things to mm-hmm. to do the critical thinking to realize what you're dealing with we have told ourselves a pack of lives all our lives Right, because we've been told that we have to live up to this expectation and you're only a value if you're this and uh, you only count if you're that. And to unpack that lie straight away in that you're, you're not enough unless. And, right. you know, finding our self-worth, you know, I think one of the hardest things for people is A, to forgive themselves and B, to find that journey of self-love. We right. can love and forgive others before we do it of ourselves. But why is that so hard? Why are we carrying so much burden and conditioning and expectation that was so unrealistic in the first place? Well, I think other people place those expectations on you. And, and even at a young age, you know, like children can be groomed to, to go into a certain position in, in a career or you need to, to follow this route Um, or you shouldn't participate in that activity. You need to do this activity. And not only do you need to do it, you need to be the best, the top, the number one. So there's a a, a lot of pressure starting even at early ages on children to to be conditioned. And then if you add your own pressures Mm. to that, where you think you need to follow a certain path to be successful, um, you know, that's... that's, uh, um, very challenging for people. You know, when I originally got my doctorate degree in 1997, um, and I was a high school special education teacher for 35 years, loving my career, but I wanted to be able to work with people at the graduate school level because I saw so many 
School administrators and other people in leadership positions think that they are so much above other people. Yeah. And I really, so I went on to get a doctorate degree um, really in many ways. Well, first of all, I just love learning. So I really enjoyed my studies. Um, and even after earning my doctorate degree in 1997, in 2014, I believe it was, I went on to do postdoctoral work at Harvard University because I really loved the learning. But to, to get back to what I was saying about my originally earning my doctorate degree and wanting to teach graduate school, I would start out my classes in the education curriculum department at Northern Illinois University, I would start out by letting the students, many of which were superintendent of schools and, and other professionals, um, principals and assistant principals, um, but really pointing out that, that they are not above other people, right. that there are people that may not have gone the route that they did with their formal education, but they could be just as intelligent, if not more, they could be just as productive and successful, if not more, and that we all need to realize, even in, while we're in these positions of, you know, higher authority, that we are all humans, we are all people, and it's very important to develop respect for people no matter what the choices are they made in their life with, with regards to their schooling and that type of thing. And, and that was very well received because, uh, and I did see a, a noticeable change with some people in the course of the class mm -hmm. because, you know, some people are, would come into the position, into their, the course, just thinking their position was the end all be all, that they mm. were so superior. And, and little by little, I think that through our discussions in the classroom, we were able to get people to be on a more equal playing field and to realize that everyone has worth and we need yes. to respect others. Oh, gosh, do we? It, yeah. it is not the packaging uh, you know, um, the shiny glitter and anything else that we are. It's, you know, for me, um, I really don't care what packaging you come in. Mm -hmm. You know, it is um, for me, your heart and soul. Yes. It is your yes. heart and it is your soul ignited. You know, do you care? And if you have made it rich, are you paying it forward? Mm -hmm. And and that true enrichment and abundance doesn't have anything to do with the dollar. Right. Most definitely. Yeah or even education. I mean, there are people that are um, what I call spiritually educated, the knowingness, you know, where that uh, the channeling of the knowledge that they need to mm -hmm. know that resonates with the heart that goes to the spirit interaction, and the mind will know what it needs to know when it needs to know it. Mm -hmm. And they don't know why they know they just know they trust those beautiful instincts. And then you have the academic uh, knowledge, but the academic can be pretty empty if it's not got the intuitive knowledge with it because the wisdom shows you how to use the knowledge properly and in what yes. way yeah yeah you got it we love to compartmentalize people but well, this person belongs here and this person belongs mm -hmm. here and if we could gain to see each other from the inside out see the very core of us the heart and soul of us we would actually as a human society be so much more enriched I've been doing this 10 years now, and it is, you know, every time you watch the news and you see 
somebody else hurting someone else and you and it's escalated and and you see all the ridiculous laws that are happening you know mm. that are going backwards 50 years um and you go it's can we carry on like this as a human society and then i do these shows of all the people that are working mm -hmm. what i call you know not underground but on a different level and that how stepping into that more loving caring vibration on that different frequency literally helps things grow more abundantly and that i think this the the tilt is happening uh, and the reason why we're seeing so much of this angst going on is they know the world is coming to an end as they know it and that mm -hmm. the world of love kind and caring and consideration in business in life in mm -hmm. in the way you present yourself in every aspect of who you are is the way we're going and it's beautiful to see right it's almost like a, a spiritual war it is it is between evil and goodness and and it is it's interesting to see it unfold and i i loved when you mentioned compartmentalizing how we compartmentalize people and situations but i've also taken compartmentalized to a different level in order to survive some of these things mm. that i witness or some of these things i've experienced that are are negative and just shocking along with all the wonderful good things like i i'm living in the caribbean i'm immersed in god's beauty and the nature oh, yes. it's just it's it's just fantastic and i've been given these opportunities to experience these things but i do a little bit of compartmentalizing myself because if i were to of myself not of others because if i were to dwell on just the negatives that i see or that i have experienced i i don't think i would be able to fully experience the joy and beauty yeah, that that sure. is there so i think finding a balance with that is very important and just critically thinking and staying in the light, staying positive yeah. and, um, and grounded in the knowledge that, you know, uh, there are so many good people in, in our world and, um, and we need to be a little bit more discerning about who we let into our own yeah. little circle, but but that doesn't mean we need to give up on humanity at all no. because there's so much good. And just even your your <coughs> podcast and what you do, you know, you've been doing this a long time, and and it's been making a positive impact on so many people. And I, I you know, I also think that boy, if even one person comes away yes. with yes. some some new knowledge or a glimmer of hope that that alone can be inspirational and, and it can have like a, a just a, a an effect that could keep growing and growing right it, it's that just sometimes it's just a different perspective that somebody comes away with being able right. to see it in one way well if i could see it in this way what happens if i open up that vision open right. up that way it's seeing the possibilities you know, as they say in our shows, we may talk about the negativity, but it's always about how we can live in the possibility, uh, possibilities right. and the positivity. And, you know, I think a lot of it is um, the attitude of gratitude. Mm -hmm, and definitely. I think if we can start being grateful for the very little things that are around us, I woke up this morning. 
Yes. Okay, I woke up with bronchitis, but I still woke up. You know? <laughs> but you woke up. There's I something up. to be grateful for. And I look at that also when I think about my children, instead of, you know, um, just harping on the sadness and tremendous loss that I have, that they are not in my life. I look at it like, wow, with my daughter, I had 20 beautiful years with yes. her. And with my son, I had 30 years with him. Mm-hmm. And so I, I try to look at that. And actually, there's so many people that don't have that experience and I got to experience um, just a joyous um, family motherhood situation and and I'm very grateful for that and so you know they're they're the chapters of our lives aren't they yeah yeah some of you know some people have a shorter book some people have a longer book but it's a question of those chapters and even the hard chapters they're there to teach us it's it's not what's happening to you it's what's happening for you there's always a reason even though the reason sometimes doesn't make sense at the time or why is it going on so long how come it hasn't you know resolved by now and it's that we can only own up and see our own progression, our own growth. Everybody has their own pace. Right? Sure, and, and sure. you know, you see with couples, oh, let's do this together. I'm having a spiritual awakening and the other person's not ready. And right. then they end up splitting. Whereas if, if one just did their journey and the other person then in seeing that journey, it ignited theirs. But it's no, you've got to do it with me. No, you'll, you'll, that invitation to awaken and to see that the essence of life in a different way will come to you, maybe at a garage sale. (laughs) Right, right. Definitely. I don't know when it's going to happen, but that's your journey. Yeah. You can't drag someone else along with you. You can inspire other people. You can be invitational, but you can't drag them. This is your journey. This is the journey you are responsible for. Right. And luckily, many of us are able to find a partner in life, you know, whether it's a friend or, you know, a romantic relationship that, you know, you can resonate with and you are at the same level, but really change is inevitable. And so we all grow at different at different rates and and that's okay i think you know underlying we need to be respectful loving and honest and and those virtues will see us through starting with ourselves starting with definitely yeah yeah Yeah. because in it it's all we see people but you know i volunteer here and i give there and i give there and what are you giving yourself Mm -hmm. when you are the love when you Mm -hmm. are sharing that love when you are that light in your own life, you can't help but exude that out onto someone else. Yeah. But it's not giving it to other people to find it within yourself. So sometimes it does work that way. Sure. But giving of yourself, but don't give of yourself to, to be looking for the approval. Right, right. right. And you put your oxygen mask on yes. first. Yes. <laughs> we're, we're no good to anyone else if we're depleted. Um, you know, um, I had a different journey, but uh, I came out of a a 20 year marriage um, that was emotionally abusive. So Mm -hmm. uh, a browbeater. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, it it was actually my children that told me to divorce. Mm -hmm. But then I had a little gap there where I didn't like where my son was going and I just couldn't couldn't talk to him. I couldn't be a part of his world. Mm -hmm. I'm here Mm -hmm. when you're ready to come back. And couple of years he came back and changed directions and it's very hard to I don't like where they're going and I just pray like mad that it's not 
down the wrong path you know that it's not right. the wrong right. thing but you at that point have to let go and you just hope that you've instilled enough love in them mm-hmm. that they will yeah. find their way home right um, right and, and as and as parents you know um the 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 honest good you know sincere normal range parents we we set up you know we we discipline not yeah. in a negative sense but yeah. we try to guide our our children to make good decisions and yeah. to independently think and and so we've been able to have a big influence on them while they were growing up but we have to also realize when they get older there are other influences yes that come into play. I mean, there are some like very negative neighbors that came into play in our situation that, you know, changed the course of things. Um, And you can't control that. And, And our children are exposed with their own schooling and their own jobs and their own interactions to other people and other ideas that may not resonate with the values you tried to raise them with. Right. Um, Right. So, you know, it can be very shocking, um, you know, for a parent to realize your child is drug addicted or your child Mm -hmm. is, um, you know, participating in some real negative yes. behavior you can't you know it's it's heartbreaking but at the same time like you said you just have to hope and pray that the values that you did instill all those years um and and the the encouraging them to independently think is very important right don't let other people make all these decisions <laughs> for you. Um, hopefully that will come to the surface and in enough time to help steer them in a way that's very positive. You remind me of another show I did many, many years ago of a woman who, who um, had, a, she was an AA student, you know, right up until about 15, 16. And then suddenly, you know, kind of went down the drug road and um, mm-hmm. she ended up, getting shot and uh, her mum thought this is a blessing she'll come home and and it looked like she was turning the corner but then she became addicted to the opioids that they had her on because of the shooting and then she ended up going back out there again and her mum we kept you know trying to bring her back and um and and she ended up being murdered Um, and what a sad story very sad story but she said she had to realize at some point to let go Yes, she had to let yeah. go that no matter what she did. And it reminds me of a story of, uh, of my brother and I, when I was young, we had a, a beach house and there were these steps that went down to the beach and the water would come up slashing against the, the steps when it was high tide. And there was a rat there trying to run into the water. And we kept trying to run, steering it back up <laughs> to safety. And no matter what we do, it slipped by us and go back to the water. Right. And I, I must have been about nine or ten. And why can't we save this rat? And it's like, you know, I'm 67 now and I still think mm-hmm. this rat. And it's like, sometimes that's their path. Right. That, that, right. Is, that is their journey that they need to have on this life. And however much you don't like it, Mm-hmm. It, that is preordained and we can't do much about it. Right, right. And that's a good, that is very helpful. And I really, truly believe that as well, um, that that really we all have our own journeys and and we all have our own life lessons and that people can only guide and support so much. And at some point, it's got to be up to the person. Anyone that has 
um, recovered from addictions, you know, or, or other negative things. They've made the decision on their own yes. and will even say, it didn't matter how many people tried to steer me in the right way. Mm -hmm. I, until I actually made the decision myself, did it finally happen? You know, yeah, so I'm, I'm that say helps. It does. And it's, it's also letting people know that you're there when they're ready. But, you know, I have a saying, you can take the horse to water. You can't make it drink. Right. Leave mm -hmm. it there long enough and it's going to realize it's thirsty. <laughs> right. right, right. So, you know, if you just let people know, I disapprove of your journey. I disapprove of your choices, but that's got nothing to do with the way I love you. Right, right. The love is the love is to the moon and back. Yes. And that's that nothing can take that away. And, and nothing should take that away. No. And yeah, so, so goodness and truth eventually prevails. And, and we all are meant to experience what we are to, to experience. You know, like I said, I had no idea that my journey would take me to a place of writing a lot of books. You know, right. I wrote this, this five book series, True Deceit, False Love. And it was such a healing journey for me. Um, very enjoyable to write, very triggering at times. So it was painful at times. But, um, you know, I, I knew that I was making a difference. And I got validation from so many um you know, famous and endorsers, influencers, you know, in, in the abuse recovery community that said, you're really on the right path. You mm -hmm. really get it. And what you are doing is really helping not only yourself, but so many other people. And, and that is very, you know, lots of times when people do go through any kind of challenging situation and they turn around and serve others, whether it's through a book or whether it's through volunteer work or whatever, that they are really kind of coming full circle because, you know, people that have gone through things, you know, are the best people to give advice or give all the time. Best yeah. teachers are those that have gone through right. it. Best right. teachers. Yeah. Yes. They, you understand. Um, you can relate. Other people can relate. It doesn't have to be exactly the same thing because pain no. is pain. You know, anguish is anguish, not being heard, not being seen, uh, feeling so isolated and alone. It doesn't matter which packaging it comes in. It's how you're made to feel. And when right. somebody understands how you've been made to feel um, and that these are the things that you did to make yourself feel how you want to feel and not be reliant on someone else. It is so utterly encouraging in other people to believe I can do it for myself. Sure. I don't have to have someone else do it for me. Right. Right. It's so utterly empowering. Yeah, most definitely. And I, I found that, you know, I found my survivor's voice, but I also found my author voice. Yeah. And, and, I, not to say that I will be doing this forever. Um, I'm sure I'd like to focus a little bit more on, on you know, um, other things, other endeavors, other projects. You know, um, I believe a lot in world travel. I can't mm -hmm. wait to get back out there, um, you know, just to meet people from other cultures yes. and and view other places and and you know just we there's so much in humanity that we we have to explore and stuff so but anyway i'm thrilled that you know 
actually without my negative experiences, I wouldn't have turned them into positives like I did with my book series. And you had that choice. You yeah. chose to live positively. You chose. Yeah. You could have wallowed in. I don't see my children. I'm being victimized. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that that he's still bullying me even from this mm-hmm. distance. And you could have gone down a completely different rabbit hole. Instead, you chose your own empowerment to be that beacon of your own empowerment. That when your children do choose to see, when you know, like mom is actually thriving now that she's not with dad. (laughs) Maybe there is a question to have here and that's up to them when they choose to see you again. We can't help other people see what they need to see. They have to see it when they're ready to see it. But you place that value upon yourself and in doing so, you've written the books that now give people the skill and the tools to place their value on their own selves. Right. And, you know, the best teachers are, not the theorists, but the people that have gone through it. Because, right, right. Because people, not only are you you're giving the ABCs, but it's in the words that you choose. It's in the vibe that you write it. It is the essence that people pick up. And they feel, I hear you. I feel you. You were me or I am you. You know, sure. and it's, um, I think that's something we need a great deal more today is to understand it doesn't matter how rich or famous or what packaging we come in, what color or anything else. We all go through something in life and this thing of shame or blame or feeling insignificant or feeling less than is a condition that's been imposed upon us that we can uh, say no to. And say, whatever value, whatever worth I am, I will place it upon myself, thank you, in my own self-discovery. And I will be what I am to myself. As I said, I never apologize. I'm not everybody's cup of tea. I'm somebody's strong cup of black coffee, right? I'm not for (laughs) everyone. And I think that's also something when when we are just very true to who we are, why we are, what our meaningful purpose is, then in that in that honesty and that beautiful vulnerability in that truth, we will attract the people around us of like vibe. Right. And we don't need external validation no, no. to, to internally validate who no. we are and what we're about. Yeah. And, and, and that's an important lesson is to, you know, we know our truth and we know what we are made of. And, you know, I think one of the reasons I was such a successful high school teacher is I really wasn't teaching the content Mm. as much as I was teaching the students to to explore learning and to find worth in in who they are and understand that everyone has different learning styles and challenges and strengths and and that's okay and you know I my one of my biggest goals every day when I was in the classroom was trying to help these young adults feel good about themselves for who they were and the learning of the academic stuff would come Mm. But they need to realize their worth and, you know, feel good and comfortable in their own skin. And not to compare. No. If that person is an AA student and it comes to them easily, you know, oh, I'm a failure because I'm a C or B student. Right, right. Because you may excel in something that they don't excel in. We're all given gifts. Yeah, yeah. And it's what is your gift? Right. Tap into what that gift is. That discovery of what you are able to do then you learn the skills that you need to do it well 
Right. And I, you know, unfortunately, there's so many young adults in their 30s right now that that had a lifetime of, of yeah. micromanaged parents and and that they were steering them in a direction that they felt mm-hmm. would be what they should do. And so the lawyer, the doctor, the right, NIA, right. Yeah. You know, the star. Yeah. you know, football player, yeah. that's what you're going to be. And then when, you know, very few people make it to some yeah. of these levels and they're not necessarily realistic, nor do they come with the um, the accolades or the, the real self-worth that you would think with, you know, attaining these positions. So there's a number of young adults that are floundering right now right. because um, of their upbringing where they, they, you know, were made to believe they were supposed to do something. And when that didn't pan out, they were kind of lost, you know, and they need to, you know, search within themselves of what are they interested in and what are their strengths and how can they contribute and, 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 you know, it's okay. It's okay to work in some position and earn minimum wage, mm-hmm. or, you know, if you get some joy out of it, right. And if you can survive and, and they could be some amazing blessings yeah. with, without having to, to reach some really high attainable, unattainable yeah. situation. Yeah. I've got three points to that one. Anytime you walk into a business, if it's dirty and tidy, you immediately, the business is tarnished. So the janitor has set the stage mm-hmm. for you. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. right? Uh, number two, um, the education you have, if it's not uh, in communication of your authenticity, right? It doesn't matter who or what it is you're studying. Um, we hear this over and over again. If people can't buy you, they're not going to buy from you. Right, because right? you are always not going to use the word selling yourself, but you, you are yourself. And if they mm-hmm. really like you, they will find a way to work with you in some way or other. The other, the movie King Richard, I don't know if you've seen it, but I, about the tennis sisters. Um, oh, okay, I, no, I haven't seen that movie. I, Actually, I think you would enjoy it. For okay, the reason okay. is that here is a father from Crompton okay. who knew that his kids were going to have a good education. And that two of the girls were going to be tennis pros. And he had gumption. He had guts. And he would walk into places that was just for the elite. Right. And when he actually did get a coach there and the kids were doing juniors and they were winning, he would watch how other parents were treating their children, whacking them. Are you failure? You this, why didn't you Mm -hmm. do this? Why didn't you win? And the poor children totally defeated. And this, again, elitism, oh, we'll take it from here. And then watching, you know, somebody who reached stardom suddenly become a drug addict because they were never prepared along the way. And he literally took his kids out of the juniors and said they will go into the seniors when they're ready. All they're going to do now is practice and learn. Mm. And he made sure they had an education. He made sure they knew how to handle themselves, how to actually do interviews as well as play well, so that when they got out there and became as famous as they had, they were well-rounded. There was somebody who had insight in the goal but not at the expense of. And that, I think, was the reason the movie is stuck with me, a great acting by Will Smith, despite the slap at the Oscars. Mm-hmm. Um, great storyline. But it was also how putting things into priority. And right. if you're looking at 
having a book being the best next JK Rowling and being a millionaire, mm -hmm. you know, forget it, forget it. It's no, and actually, actually, book. actually, most authors, myself included, realize that there's absolutely no money in, in writing the books unless right. you are one of the few that make yeah. it that big. But that wasn't my goal. And that's right. not the goal of many people. But but how people react, it's, I, I will watch that movie because yeah, it sounds, you will enjoy it. You will. Uh, it sounds very interesting. It reminds me of a situation when I was at a baseball game watching some high school kids play baseball. And this one baseball player ended up hitting what is, I think, called a grand slam, where right. the bases are loaded and they hit yeah. the ball and they bring everyone home, including mm. themselves. And I was just so excited for this, this young man. And I saw his father go up to him and just criticize him by saying, well, you should have hit the ball this way. And, you know, you should have done this. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, this kid just yeah. hit a grand slam. Why couldn't that parent just say no. that was had fantastic. To deflate him. Yeah, he yeah. deflated this mm. young man. And I just I was shocked at witnessing that yes. because what an opportunity to to praise someone yeah. and even though the praise shouldn't come if you just get a grand right. slam because that doesn't happen all the time no. the praise should come as boy you really put a lot of effort into that one too bad it didn't the ball didn't go yeah. this way or that way but boy i could see how yeah. hard you tried and all of that and that's so important and so many of these parents that are are you know, trying to control mm. a certain future outcome, they miss these beautiful moments and instead deflate them. I was just shocked when I saw that 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 young man uh, went from everyone was so excited Elation for him to deflation. To yeah. Just right immediately, yeah. Yeah. immediately because that parent was so critical. And, and, and like for the child, will anything ever be enough for you? Right. 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 So yeah, yeah, it can be very deflating and, and crippling because at some point they stop trying. Right. Well, our actions and how we interact with others matters so much. And sometimes it's even just a smile or a nod yes. um, of reassurance. So like our conversations, just like this conversation, I think can impact so many people because they can see that they're not alone and that yeah. we that you can you can talk about these things. And but you can also make choices on how you you want things to play out. You can make choices in how you respond to things. And, and we really can live beautiful, happy yes. lives despite the, the, the drama and trauma that is around us. When, when I was coaching, I would have people write out in one column everything that they felt was negative in their lives, right? Yeah. Then write in another column all that they felt was positive. And the positive would always be short and the negative would always be long. And then I would say to them, what do you want to see grow? I want to see that grow, positive side. And then what are you feeding? Because if you're going to keep feeding the negative, the negative is going to keep growing. Right, right. If you want the positive to grow, you've got to seed it well. You've got to water it. You've got to nurture it. And you've got to encourage it. 
Oh, what a, what a great lesson for, and a great activity mm. for people. And, and maybe if there are people listening now, they could do that same activity, yeah. make a list of the negatives and the positives and, and try to balance it out. And like you said, you know, how do you change that situation? Mm. We have the power to change that within ourselves. And I, I found that writing is very, very healing. So that right. was a written exercise but that also involved a lot of thinking and a lot of reflection. But I have found writing to mm. be extremely therapeutic because it's it's uh, can be done where you can really go through and you can edit and change mm. and you can you can tweak things and you can it can be a work in progress. Right. It, yeah. So that that can be very very healing for people. very very you know like I'm a blogger so. I've gone back and read things and go, oh, this is interesting. I wonder who wrote yeah. it? Me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right, right. <laughs> and it's like, because I'm a channeler. So, you yeah. know, it is, um, I do my own shows every week and sometimes I've just got one word and yeah. I press play and just let it go wherever it needs to go. Sure. <clears throat> you, you know, it sounds to me that you would have been excellent in the Waldorf schools where, oh, yeah. you know, where they actually take a kid and they, they watch the kid in their own discovery and nurture them down the paths that they're excelling in instead of dictating the paths that they're not excelling in. Right. And, and Montessori is yeah. like that too. Mm. I, I did have, you know, and, and there are pros and cons to all sorts yeah. of things with education, but um, early on in my children's lives in preschool, I did have them involved in a Montessori situation. And it was very cool to, to not only did I love the physical environment where things were built at a lower level for them to really feel comfortable and explore. But if they did find something they were interested in, mm -hmm. um, that they could pursue that. And, um, you know, and at some point we are, um, we are kind of harnessed and yes. we are brought in, you know, speaking of movies, um, I recently was on a wonderful vacation and, um, is the Caribbean I'm, a vocation in itself? It is. It's a vacation in itself. But I had a book. I had a book signing in Miami, and then we took a wonderful jaunt to Mexico, and I got to swim with the dolphins. Oh and my god! I, I actually, I actually swam with four sharks, mm. which I, I was very scared, but but it was a wonderful experience. Yeah. Yes. But but yes. Yeah, so really, I it's it does sound weird to leave paradise for another paradise, mm. but. On, on, on the way back from this trip, I was able to watch some movies on the airplane mm. ride. And one of them um, was called The Alpinist. And mm. that was a fantastic movie about a young man um, who was very much into rock climbing mm. and broke all sorts of records, rock climbing, even though he could care less about any records mm. or being filmed or anything like that. Um, he really just did it from the pure joy of, of climbing and being in nature. And, you know, I don't even focus on, on the sad ending in a way that, you know, but he, he died doing what he loved. But I remember in the movie hearing his mother say that, you know, he was great in kindergarten when he got to just do whatever he wanted to do and play and be outdoors and be active. But the minute 
he had to be constrained yeah. into a classroom where you have to do this. Like math is only from nine to nine thirty, yes. and history is only mm. from two to two thirty. You know those kinds of constraints. Not everyone can respond well to those. No, I definitely and, couldn't. <laughs> yes, right. And and you know I could, but I think in my own mind I still pursued a lot yeah. of the things that I uh, really enjoyed. And I you know one thing that. Um, was very positive that my parents instilled in me was a love of nature. And mm. that continues to this day. Um, and it is never a dull moment where I live. In fact, yesterday, I caught my 18th boa constrictor snake. Oh my and God. I know. And I would never have been anyone who would have be around snakes. How, what do you mean you caught it? You actually actually picked it up. I caught it. Oh yeah. I picked it up. Not by my hand. I have, a, I have snake tongs oh because even though they're not venomous, they will constrict. Yes. They, they, they will constrict. Yes. And, and, um, but I have learned, I live on many acres in the rainforest. Mm. And even though boa constrictor snakes are not native to this area, they are prolific. Mm. Um, they don't even need another snake to make baby snakes. So oh. It's, it's, uh, we, we have them around us um, and it's, but it's never a dull moment. It's right. always exciting. Um, we, you know, we just can't believe every day. We never know what we're going to expect because there's always some new animal or plant or uh, situation. You know, I never saw a triple rainbow before I came here. Mm. I didn't even know there were triple rainbows. I've heard of double rainbows, Yes, but um I've seen a triple rainbow and that's just fascinating. So anyway, I've, like I said, my parents instilled the love of nature. I know I instilled that in my own children. And I think nature and just the beauty of it all can be very grounding. Oh, it's and so healing. It really yes, is very yeah, centering, healing. Mm -hmm. very healing, but you know, we, we, are put in these kind of constraints that don't allow us to flourish. No. And and uh, some of it, you know, <laughs> is just how society is. They they put us in boxes in many ways. And but, yeah, I think it's I think that's one of the huge problems with society today. Um, I have a um, another genre called raising our gifted children, but it has a byproduct of mm -hmm. that, which is our forgotten children series, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, which I, um, I'm hoping by the end of the year will be a book contributing book in there. Wonderful. And it's a, I think that a great deal of our um, disconnect as adults comes from childhood. And sure. our children are meant to explore. They're meant mm -hmm. to discover. They're meant to always be in wonderment. And the moment you start regimenting and dictating and conforming, you're killing the creativity inside of them. And, right. uh, and uh, you know, it, I think that the overall educational system needs to change. And especially mm -hmm. is that our children have an ability right now, especially with, you know, um, computers and everything else to, I literally use different parts of the brain than we did. So mm -hmm. the old arcade way of teaching them is leaving, they're leaving us behind. They're going to be teaching us at this rate. Right. But you know, it's different, different um, eras are different. Like when I, when I grew up, I mean, we, we spent so much time outdoors and our parents did not organize any activities for us. If we wanted to 
do a kickball game. We organized it ourselves with the neighborhood kids. We would explore ravines. We would, you know, now, now granted it was a different time. Um, I would even get on my bike and ride two, two different towns down Mm -hmm. and my, and not, we didn't have cell phones. So our parents would never know where we were. The tom-toms were other parents. Oh, so-and-so, your kids at my house. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Right. So it was a, it was a different world. And we, we lived close to one another and so we always just go out and play it was the village that raised the children right Right, you know just go out and play but then in in my children's generation even though we lived in a neighborhood which was was wonderful in many ways so many people lived on these big estates with no neighbors around them or one of the things I always thought was so strange I would look at a neighborhood in suburbia And I would see that each house had their own play yard. They had their own swing set and slide. Well, kids don't want to play at a play yard by themselves. They want to be with other kids and Mm. play. But you would see house after house after house after house have these structures that only really got used if kids came over to your house. You know, you wouldn't see your kids by themselves swinging on the swings, that type of thing. It would have been better to have like one community playground for kids. So, you know, every generation has their own challenges and how we teach them is evolving and changing. And, um, you know, uh, but definitely it's so important to let young children explore and be amazed at the wonder in the world and to come to their own kind of conclusions not just be spoon-fed everything right I have a 13 month old grandson um, who gave me this call by the way (laughs) the little petri dish right now you get one thing (laughs) after the other Um, and I was just uh, down there looking after him and I noticed you know if I'm going to introduce him to some music you know um is I play Nat King Cole or play some mm-hmm. jazz or play some other stuff. And then I see the little body grooving. Right, and so yeah. yeah, I bought him for his first birthday, one of these um, bombs, you know, um, they have wonderful tones to them. And then my, my daughter bought him this kind of electric keyboard and, and, he, and he just shakes along with it and gets along right. with it. And, it's a, and I just love sitting there watching him in his own discovery right and you, and you see these little eyes turning and a little smile because he's got a conversation going on in his head right. yeah. you know? and it's like they don't have to be entertained all the time you know no, it, and you don't have to force feed things like right. I always when raising my children I always had a music room mm-hmm. and I had a cello in there even though I was not a cellist I had a piano in there even though we took lessons here and there, but it wasn't like an obsession. It wasn't right. like, oh, I have to achieve a certain thing. I had instruments from all over the world that I would either pick up from travels or I'd pick up at the local thrift store. That so And, and really what the kids loved the most was just the pots and pans and the spoons, yes, yes. you know? But I loved having a music room right? Um, so that they could have a place just to kind of explore and there were no rules and yeah. there, there was... They they could just do what they wanted and it wasn't very structured and so that's so important so I'm sure you just loved looking at your grandchild and, and knowing that that they had the freedom to just mm. kind of listen and yes. and react their own and, way and, and still love a cardboard box 
Yeah, yeah. right, right. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, yeah. anything comes from Amazon, he's in that box, right. you know. The box is the box is better than what's inside. Exactly. Yeah. And, and it's a you know, the, the, the greatest gift I think is our children. Uh, and when you it's different being a grandparent because when you're a parent, you're immediately into parenting. Mm-hmm. What does the child need this and that as a grandparent, it kind of feels more step back. It's a different type of feeling. You don't sweat sure. things so much. Um, and it's a different type of relationship. And it's it's wonderful to see your children in, you know, in a different light to see your actual kids sure. become become a parent as well. But it's that we've got to remember we're custodians of our children. Yeah. We're here to help them, to guide them, to nurture them to teach them boundaries, teach them respect, self-respect, respect of others, the do's and don'ts in life by common sense and by sheer decency, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to think for themselves, to feel for themselves, to, to, there was that wonderful movie Inside Out, all about the emotions, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember interviewing a few psychiatrists at that time and I'd pre-interviewed someone. I said, watch this movie before we do the show. And yeah. when we did the show, we go, I watched that movie. Every parent is going to watch that movie now. And, right. You right. know, I'm always saying that it's okay to go for the emotions. They're there for a reason. Just don't become emotional about mm-hmm. the emotions. Mm-hmm. Right. Because they're there to be spent. They're there to be savored. or, uh, But they're not there to get stuck in. Right. Right. And I think having these conversations will help people get unstuck. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you've got all of these wonderful books, um, the, the True Deceit of False Love. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've got, um, are they all just kind of a, a, a episode one, two and three of them? Or how do they work? Well, with the True Deceit False Love series, and, and I didn't really start out thinking I would write a series or even one book. Um, I wrote down terms when I was in my uh, phase of trying to understand narcissistic personalities Mm. or to understand domestic violence or parental alienation. So I would listen to podcasts. I would read the literature. um, So I would write down terms basically to look up later um, and, and then to see, you know, how that related to my situation. And before I knew it, I had a hundred terms and then a thousand terms. And actually the first book in the series um, of true deceit, false love is 15,555 terms on those topics with family trauma. And, and it was very well received and highly endorsed, uh, even by Dr. Sam Backman, who coined a lot of these terms and phrases. And he admired that I did not write definitions because there's numerous definitions to these. And actually part of healing of any kind of trauma is doing some of the inner work or doing the research and then connecting the dots to your own experience. Yeah. So the first book in the series is a list of terms and phrases. The second book is um, acrostic poetry, which I have actually written my whole life. Mm. And acrostic poetry is where you write a word vertically. And I had so many terms and phrases to choose from. Um, I chose 13 terms and phrases for each letter of the alphabet. And I wrote a poem with sometimes just single words, sometimes single sentences, and sometimes just a connection. Um, so acrostic poetry to me is, is very healing, but it's also very informational. Mm. And because it was so healing, um, and, and I wrote it from 
you know, a dad's point of view, a mom's point of view, from a child's point of view, a grandparent's point of view, um, even from an abuser's point of view uh, or a victim as well. So it, it's, it, can, it can affect a wide range of people. They can, right. Anyone can pay, basically pick up this acrostic poetry book and find some common mm. thread. Um, the, the third book was an acrostic poetry workbook of this true deceit, false love, and where people could create, if they found writing to be healing for them, they could create their own acrostic poems. And they could come up with their own words that are meaningful, even names of people if they need to work out something, positive or negative. And then the fourth book is, is some free verse poetry, where, um, there weren't any kind of rules that was just more just writing down thoughts. And that was a lot of fun to do. And the, the fifth book, which I don't have a physical copy yet, because it does take, I actually think I'm getting it tomorrow in the mail um, from my publisher, um, but it's a word search puzzle book. And I take these terms and I do a word search puzzle with like, so for example, if one of the terms is brainwashing, I write down a lot of different things um, having to do with brainwashing, terms and phrases that are related, and they have to find them in a word search puzzle. And I found, you know, and I know that might sound kind of strange to have a word search puzzle book, but I, when I was going through the beginning of, of trying to understand what I was going through, I found doing jigsaw puzzles mm -hmm. or crossword puzzles or word searches very calming. And I loved how words were used mm -hmm. and so I kind of carried that over to this book series so so that's kind of what the book series is about you can pick and choose what might be interesting to you the books are all on Amazon uh, they're on Barnes and Noble as well as Balboa Press which is a division of Hay House which is mm -hmm. my publisher um, but you, you know if money is tight for people and they still are interested in checking these out this true deceit, false love series, they can even obtain an e-version for $3.99. Mm. You know, yeah. so I'm someone who actually likes to have physical copies of books. Yes, me too. Um, I'm old fashioned that way, but, um, and I do have a number of, of um, e-versions of books, but I don't go to them as much as I do a physical copy. Being comfortable in a chair, a cup of coffee yeah. and in yeah. the book. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's nothing to beat it. Right, right. So that's what that book is about. And, and do you have and a, it, do you have the God one? Yes. And, and God came to my garage sale. Okay. Which was endorsed by James Redfield, who is the best-selling author of the Celestine Prophecy series. Mm, I love those. Um, as well as some other people that have some spiritual gifts. And I actually got the support of what's called the IONS community, which mm -hmm. is the International Association for Near-Death Studies. Because in my research of wanting to get more knowledge about what I went through and what I experienced when, when time stood still, and I saw a hundred dragonflies at one point circling me, but it was all done in slow motion. Wow, love it. And, and that was just one of many of my experiences that I had um, with things or situations or people at that garage sale. I also incorporated other people's experiences and there's so many common threads to, mm -hmm. to these. Um, but 
this, you know, this, this was my first writing endeavor and it ended up winning the best books award Wow! Um, in 2020. It got a five-star review with reader's favorite. And, um, and like I said, it was prominently endorsed, which was just awesome. But, but I don't even need all of that. You know, I'm glad in that it made it um, catch the eye of some people that might not normally read, you know, something spiritual like this. Um, and I think with my book signings too, I'm still just getting out there. I don't do book signings with the True Deceit False Love series because that is more a very niche genre, mm. people that really want to look into you know, domestic violence, narcissistic abuse, you know, parental alienation, but a lot of people question our existence yes. and whether there is a God. And so this book is really about an atheist and, and the atheist going through these challenging questions. And this is the, I'm not on social media or anything, but I, I do have a website where I keep it up to date with events that I'm involved in and that type of thing. You could read about me. You could read about the different books I've been involved in. Um, but my website is, is called GodCameToMyGarageSale.com. And, and actually, I've done many other writing endeavors. I think I've been involved in five anthology books where I've co-authored um, a chapter, an essay, that type of thing to contribute to some international best-selling books. And that has been a very interesting, um, you know, way to meet other people, and, but also to, to find my own writing voice yeah. and um, contribute to, to some of these others. I have one more anthology book coming up that I'll contribute to called Passing the Pearls, where we honor our grandmothers right. and we honor our mothers. And I'm very excited about writing about that. Mm, um, I'm glad there is I, a book on that. Yeah, definitely. We need to honor mm. these. These. It's called Passing the Pearls. And the um, collaborator is an amazing person in herself. Her name's Tammy Morrison. And uh, she interviewed me on a podcast and uh, because she was interested in my book and I turned around and just, you know, loved the message that she had and was very honored to be part of, of this next writing endeavor that I'm involved in. So yeah. well, when you when you find something that is so meaningful to you that you love and that you can do so well then, you know, that is the path that's been chosen for you. You have yeah. to take it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I says, I've been doing this now 10 years. And when I was first asked to do a podcast, I didn't know what that was. Right. And, and I did 13 months with another network. And, and then it was, I've got to have my own network. Yeah. So June is nine years. And the, the people, you know, like yourself that I've interviewed along the way, it has given me such hope on humanity that uh, yes. there are so many good people and good organizations there is so much wonderful things that are happening that have shifted the whole tide and as i said the reason why we're seeing so much discord in the world because they know their time is coming to an end yes, uh, yes. on that yeah. and and it's resistance is futile because this wave of love and compassion right. you know it's um it, it which we're seeing evident um News hasn't covered it yet, but we cover it. Oh, definitely. Some some news does. Um, yeah. But but you know the 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 very malevolent people with these other agendas 
that are really against humanity, yes, um, they will fight just like abusers will yes. fight up until the end, until it's just they've there's no chance. It's they've been overtaken because of the love and honesty and goodness. Exactly, and that yeah. you know, look in every movie and every song and every book, we've always triumphed over evil because yes. that is the human way. That is the nature right. way. We know what is right. And that is love of self, love of each other, being there as a community for each other. Yes. It isn't about dominance, dictatorship, narcissism or anything or power. It is yeah. about the empowerment of each right. other. And when we step into that, we realize where the true enrichment and abundance lies in society. Mm -hmm. And the more we nurture and feed that, the more that's going to grow, the more we grow as a humanity. And, and you know, it just is, it's a beautiful thing how you phrase that. And I love that you have your, your organization called self-discovery media, because it is about self-discovery yeah. and it is about the journey and, and the positives do outweigh the negatives always. and it's, it's just not always apparent and we no. have to go through the process but but good will triumph and we're meant to go through the process nobody's meant to go through life without a certain amount of pain yeah. in order yeah. to understand joy gratitude love uh, what the real gift of life is we have to go through the struggles and yeah. and those struggles can be as hard or as easy as we are willing to participate in that healing process right. and if you're going to deny it it's funny because i have another artist on this week um uh john shard and it's he's written a song called the petty narcissist oh, yeah. <laughs> and i'm like, like you know even a while ago somebody writing a song about a narcissist what are you talking about you know yeah. now we're actually you know there's a song out on it for his own experience and it's like the more we recognize um people out there that either have chosen or are ignoring their own disability in many mm -hmm. ways right um, right you know it's um with the more they are in denial mm -hmm. you know the the more empowered we can be because we realize that's their issue we don't need to take it on no 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 it's it's not important we can live in the light yeah and and you know we we, people that are so disordered like that, you know, and they will never get a diagnosis because they point the fingers at everyone else. There's nothing wrong with them. Yeah, it's they don't you. do, yeah. right, they don't yeah. do the inner work. And that, yeah. that alone should be a red flag for people if they see someone yeah. that is try, trying to and striving to understand their role in things or to just understand the bigger picture, um, they are more empathetic and yeah. looking at humanity where the other people are into power and control yes. and manipulating other people. And they will do it as long as they are allowed to do it. And right up to the very end, yes. they will never take accountability. No. Because no. it's always what's happened to them um, and their retaliation against people who they think have done them wrong. Right. right? And right. unfortunately, yeah. that is their onus, their journey. Uh, stay well clear of it. If you've been a victim of that, yeah. uh, it's time for you to stand up for yourself whatever it takes to to leave and empower yourself and in right. doing so you will empower others but, right and know. realize too sometimes closure mm. is no closure 
Sometimes no. you don't have closure where normally a, a reasonable person would want to talk it out and say, you know, here are some points that we should work on or that these are the reasons. And, and actually with some people just stepping away, your silence yep. speaks more than words. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yes, we had a little while ago, you know, because my ex and I are 21 years apart now and we do family things together, right? Because mm -hmm. it's my children's father and they each have their own relationship sure. with him. And we were celebrating my son's birthday and he actually did turn around and say, I was a lousy husband. I never should have married. I'm not married material. And that was mm. as, as close as a apology right. I was ever going right. to get. And it was like, well, okay. You know, you've realized that. Um, but, you know, as I said to him, and we're all responsible for our own healing yeah. and, yeah. you know, for our own discovery of self. And, um, he won't any go any further than that, but that was already right. a huge step there. So. Right. Although you have to wonder how sincere that statement mm -hmm. was and as to whether or not that was just to engage you or just to, you know, or you just don't know. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. To do that in front of other people. Yeah. So, yeah, while well, they try to keep the mask up. So yeah, exactly. it's it's hard to know, but, you know, yeah, we all find our journey. And, and I believe that, you know, goodness and love and compassion and forgiveness and staying in the light is the way to go. And, you know, if, if that eventually helps my children's light bulbs yeah. go on, then so be it. But if not, you know, I can at least feel good about who I am and yeah. how I've chosen to live my life. And, you know, that has got to be something that either inspires them or they, you know, it's again, we raise our children to, to spread their own wings. And yeah. all we can do is say, go with love, you know, go, go with the skills and the tools and the knowledge that we've imparted on you. But ultimately it's your choice. Yes, and you know, as it is our choice, and you know, please, folks, place that love and value on yourself. Being vulnerable mm -hmm. is one of the greatest gifts you can give yourself, because when you're in that vulnerability of self-love, you are always protected, and you are always guided by beautiful light. And being vulnerable means that you are now beautifully sensitive to what is around you, which means mm -hmm. you're more in tune to the gifts that life right. has to give you. Oh, you said that so beautifully. <laughs> you said that so beautifully. Yeah, you you really get it. And and I'm so honored to even, you know, be in your presence because really you I, I mean it, though, because you you really get it. And and you you are articulating that for others to hopefully bring self-awareness for them. Well, my gift was to bring people like you forth to show people how and that's the thing i'm that gatekeeper you you're stuck you don't know where to go you don't know who to do listen to a podcast there's somebody here amongst my three thousand shows that yes. that you're going to resonate with and that's going to open those doors for you upon your own journey of life and that's all we can do you can't force people to read i can't force no. people to listen all we can do is right. put it out there with good intent with loving intent, and it will be there for when people are ready to receive, when the horse is thirsty enough. Sounds good. <laughs>
So your site again is God came to my garage sale. Yes. Yeah. And of course, all the books are on, on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and also uh, Blue, what's it Balboa called? Press, which Balboa is a division Press. of Hay House right. Publishing, yeah. uh, which is another woman who is extraordinary and, and again, yeah. came to things later in life. And please, folks, yes. understand this. There is no age restriction in your own self-discovery or right. stepping into your own light. There is no age. You don't say I'm too old. You are never too old. Not at no, all. Never. So um, go and look at all the books. All of these books are absolutely fascinating. And I love the way, um, you know, you've taken everything and it's, it's not just inquisitive, but it's illuminating, but it's also seeding. Right, right. And, I, and, I and they all they all relate to one another. Yeah. So so really, sometimes the spiritual awakening comes from living yeah. through some of life's challenges. Yes, yes. And just look at them as challenges, folks. They're not out to get you. No, They're out to yeah. teach you. We have so much strength and courage and ability and heart and soul. If we're willing to step into it, do not be defeated by others step into your own beautiful life because that's what you're here for you know the beautiful message thank you so much for coming and sharing your message today yeah thank you so much for having me sarah it's been an absolute pleasure oh, pure delight pure delight and uh please folks go and get those books they make great gifts for other people remember i talk about podcasts parties and book parties read the book discuss it amongst each other share 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 that's how we learn that's how we inspire each other that's how we support each other conversation let it out it's not meant to be suppressed in release yourself into that state of love so until next time folks bye for now we hope that you enjoyed the show find all of our shows on selfdiscoverymedia.com under podcasts or selfdiscoverymedia slash shows and for all our current shows go to what's new we are supported by you the audience you'll see a nice big shiny blue button for one-time donations or follow us on patreon and you will be able to support us there we enjoy bringing you such wisdom and the next show will be up in just a moment